Igniting Courage podcast. Welcome, welcome. I'm so glad you are here. We are here to make fear normal because it is. It's part of being courageous. And that's why I chose to do a podcast about courage so you could understand how you can put courage into play to make the positive changes that you want. Speaking of positive changes, my guest today is Amanda Goins, who Because of childhood trauma, she took on a lot of really unhealthy habits, which caused her to gain a lot of weight and have an alcohol problem and kept her silent until she was 29 years old. You know, she had this fake social media account and this whole persona, but she never felt like she was authentic until she took some steps, read some books, and really started appreciating what she had. And she has made some incredible changes. The the confidence and the courage just oozes out of her now. So I'm really excited that you get to hear from her and how she made these changes in a really insightful way, shifting her mindset to change her life. So if you're looking to make any changes in your life, listen now to Amanda, because she's got some great insights for you. Enjoy. I hit record and get it recording. I did a whole interview one time and realized I wasn't recording. I was like, oh, oh no. Awesome. There we go. Can we do that again? Just say everything you said before. Welcome, Amanda Goins. Thank you so much for being here on Igniting Courage Podcast. How are you? I'm doing well. Thank you so much for having me. I'm really glad to be here. Yeah, and I'm thrilled to have met you. This is one of those COVID random networking things that, that worked. Uh, we met at PodFest, a virtual conference for podcasters. Yeah, and PodFest was so great. There were so many great people, just serendipitous meetings, and I just really enjoyed it, and and I was very glad to have met you. Yeah, so it's proof that we can continue to network even though we're not in person. Absolutely. Nice. So let's jump off just with a little icebreaker question. What does courage mean to you? For me, I think that courage is stepping outside of your comfort zone and taking action even when things are uncomfortable or a bit frightening. And um, over the years, I've found that it's more rewarding to do that than to seek comfort a lot of times. So. Mm. And you've definitely stepped into that over the last year or two as, you, as you've stepped into the discomfort. And I think that's such an important understanding of courage is it's not without its discomfort and fear and ugliness and all of that stuff, uh, but being courageous anyway. So tell us your story, Amanda. Well, when I was about three years old, you know, things, memories from there are a bit foggy, but I was, um, I was abused as a child and I kept it a secret until I was 29 years old from everybody. And then it was about another year, you know, I just told a few people and I still don't talk about the details or anything, but I think that for a long time, I just sought escape from that problem thinking if I pretended it didn't happen, I would never have to deal with it. And then that, manifested as a lot of negativity in my life over the years. Um, just a lot of negative coping mechanisms, trying to escape. I, I gained 90 pounds in three months in 2010. I um, developed some bad alcohol problems uh, over the years. It just anything to, to make me forget, you know. And then the funny thing was everything started to change. I, I got married in 2011 and that was great. But then after that, I still found myself trying to escape and I would put uh, online. I had this whole like fake positive persona, you know, like good vibes. Everything's perfect all the time, but I was miserable 
on the inside. And then in 2019, I just kind of, everything came to a head. I was like, I've got so much to be grateful for. I'm going to face my problems and change my life. And that's kind of where I am now. That's awesome. Congratulations. What was the catalyst in 2019? I just realized I was not really hitting like a, a rock bottom. I was kind of skimming on the basement floor for a couple of years, you know, <laughs> and I just was getting really frustrated. And I watched this YouTube video or something one night about gratitude journaling. And I thought, well, I'll start, you know, maybe that will help me. And just from doing that, I realized, well, I do have a lot to be grateful for. And maybe I should try to set goals and, and have a vision for what I want in the future. And so I, I started doing that. I started making a list of like potential things I might want to do in the future. And that just kind of ballooned out. And then um, I, I read a few books. I read Atomic Habits was really great. That helped me a lot. And um, The Obstacle is the Way was one that really um, just made me realize that I need to focus on what I could control and let everything else fall to the wayside. And since then, I've, I've felt really empowered in those areas. So That's great. And it's so funny how, you know, I, I talk about when you're having a trouble and you want to make some change, take that first little step, even if it's a little step. And for you, it was watching a YouTube video or mm -hmm. it was making that gratitude journal and just starting that little tiny step. You didn't actually change anything on the outside. You just did something little that started a snowball rolling down the hill. I had made attempts to change before. It's just, I hadn't had any consistency. I would start to do something and then I'd be like, well, this isn't fun. And then just quit, you know? And I think just really realizing that it was going to be uncomfortable and that, you know, I'd have to go through that in order to gain momentum was a big thing for me. So. I love it. And, and that is such an important thing. Anytime we're taking on any change, positive or getting out of a negative situation, uh, we have to say, okay, this is going to be uncomfortable. This isn't going to be fun. This isn't going to be like, here we go. Um, yeah. So what changes did you make? Well, I, I started first um, being conscious of my, my food intake. I wanted to lose weight and I, I wasn't, I started with a small goal. I was like, I'll lose 10 pounds. Cause if I thought, Oh, I want to lose, you know, 75 pounds, that's a lot to take on at once, you know? So, and then, um, I, I lost 75 pounds in 18 months. I started just, you know, calorie restrictions, some intermittent fasting, things like that. But the main lesson I learned wasn't the importance of losing weight. It was the importance of pursuing what I wanted and taking advantage of all the resources I had and not being afraid. So, so you kind of had that larger why guiding you? Yeah. And it just really, I'd had so many things I wanted to do. Um, I'm an artist. I have a podcast now and I dabbled in that for a long time, but it was another one of those things with my creative endeavors and my career endeavors and things like that. I'd always kind of stepped back when things got challenging. And so I think that accomplishing that in the, in the health department or whatever gave me the, the courage to step forward into other areas of my life and do things I want to do. So I love it. And, and so how do you think that those changes and the success you've had with those changes, because persevering through 18 months to lose 75 pounds is a lot. That's a long time to make that stuff happen. So how did you, first of all, how did you persevere? Well, I lost like 50 pounds in like six months. So I think after that initial 50 pounds was off, then I really had the momentum going. But 
I think there's something very powerful in accomplishing something that you once thought was impossible. And once I got past 30 or 40 pounds, that was like the, the big, like, oh my gosh, I can do this. And once I realized I could do it, then there was just no stopping me, I guess, kind of. So that's really cool. And it's, and it's looking at how far you've come, you know, I mean, it's hard when you're 75 pounds overweight, you know, and you have mm -hmm. 75 pounds to go. 40 is just over halfway, but looking at that and saying 40, I did that. You know, mm -hmm. so often we say, well, we're not there yet. Oh, I'm, it hasn't been all that. But we've really got to look at what we have accomplished to mm -hmm. persevere. And that's something that I had struggles with for a long time. I would accomplish something and then minimize it. I would be like, oh, well, you know, I got this good job or I made this, you know, successful thing. But then I'm like, but it's not exactly where I want it to be. And then I would just let it go. And I'm, I'm trying to really... I think that that was something that the gratitude journal really brought into the forefront was that my life wasn't bad. It was just, there was a lot of things I, I still needed to deal with to get it where I wanted to be. Yeah. And so that gratitude journal helped you to be able to look at that stuff. I mean, cause it's, we often compare ourselves, don't we? And mm -hmm. say, Oh, well, somebody else has lost a hundred pounds or somebody else has an even better job. And, and that's, how did you get out of that? Well, uh, the first thing I had to really do was, was stop. Yeah. Compare myself to who I am, who I was yesterday, not who somebody else is today kind of thing. Mm -hmm. And also I just had to stop really being concerned with what other people thought about me because I, I hinged my happiness and my self-worth so much on what I thought everybody else's idea of me was. So that's why I cultivated this social media persona of, you know, oh, happiness and my life's perfect. And, and I think when you present that way, people can tell when you're not authentic. They know that, especially people who would meet me in person and I'm like complaining about my life. They're like, oh, I thought everything was perfect, you know? So, yeah, I think that once I stopped really caring so much about what other people thought, then I stopped comparing myself to other people's progress as well. And one of the things that people are worried about when they do try to make that shift is what are people going to think of me not being all positive, positive all the time? Now mm -hmm. I'm being authentic and it's better. But what was the public reaction? I'd say public, not like everybody in the universe, but like what, how did your friends react to it? How did people react? Well, the funny thing is I still tend to present mostly positive stuff online because, you know, my life is positive now these days, but um, I posted a blog just about a month ago where I went into in depth into my story and what had happened. And I put it out there that I hadn't been authentic for a long time and just, you know, shared it with everyone. And it, it had a really great response. And since then, I feel like maybe I haven't had as many people that I interact with, but the my connections have been much more genuine with people. Mm -hmm. And I think that's more important, you know. And when you know you're being genuine in those interactions, it, it feels so much better because you're not like, oh, they think I'm somebody else. Mm -hmm. and well, like, and, you know, you can, you can shuffle, uh, juggle a lot of people in your life if you're constantly pretending to be someone else with each different person. And that's what I was doing. And that gets complicated and confusing <laughs> and exhausting. Yeah. And at the end of the day, you know, when the only people that you're real around are yourself and your husband and everybody else you're putting up this facade for, it's exhausting. So mm -hmm. it, it's much better now. 
Yeah, right. So how has all this achievement and accomplishment and, you know, sort of authentic, authentication, shall we call it? How has that um, changed your life? How has it changed what you're additionally doing now? Oh, gosh, in so many ways. First of all, just I feel genuinely confident now. And it, not always there, you know, there's still self doubt, but I'm able to recognize that now and, and think, well, kind of, rewind a little bit and think, well, you know, two years ago, I never thought I'd be where I am now. Don't limit myself. And the funny thing is, I feel like I've, you know, accomplished a good bit, but I feel like I'm just getting started because the, the weight loss was a catalyst for me for confidence and just proving to myself that I could achieve stuff. And now I'm, I've set out to try to achieve a whole lot more. So. I love it. What's on the list? What do you, what's next? What's next? Um, I'm, well, I'm working on a podcast right now, which you were on. So heightened life. Yep. Yeah. And, um, I'm, I've been writing a lot and I'm trying to switch careers, go into a more tech type career. I'm looking, I'm, I just finished an SEO certification and I'm looking at some other, maybe software development type courses and just kind of, reaching out and doing things that I'd never had the courage to do before. So that's great. And so it sounds like there's a lot of self-talk that you're doing that that's shifting your thinking in a positive way. Would you say that's true? Oh, absolutely. Every morning when I get up now, I always, I have like a little morning routine I do and the gratitude journaling I still do every morning, but I also write three pages, three form, free form, just, um, you know, basically half the time I'm like halfway asleep drinking my coffee, like today's going to be a great day, you know, and I'm barely able to squeak that out of the pen. But by the time I'm done with the third page, I've actually convinced myself that it's going to be a great day, even if I feel sleepy when I first wake up. But I've always had a lot of self-talk and that was a big game changer for me was realizing that I was my own worst enemy for years and years and years and just being conscious of that self-talk and when it's being a detrimental force in my life, shifting that, you know, so. So what is the secret to that? Because so many people are like, well, I try that, but it just feels so fake in my head when I'm like, today's going to be a great day. You know, like what's, what's the secret to making well, that work for you? I, you know, and it's, it's funny. I'll say that to my cats too. Like I get up and they're like wanting food and, you know, running around my ankles. So I'm like, today's going to be a great day. And they're kind of like, meow, but uh, you know. <laughs> cats are pretty they, negative in general. To, you have to believe it, I guess, a little bit. But for me, it was one of those things. Yeah, it still feels cheesy a lot of mornings when I wake up. And like last week, I had an earache and I was exhausted. And I would wake up and be like, today is going to be great. But, <laughs> you know, but I've realized that in the morning, every 24 hours is full of possibility and opportunity. And we have the possibility to either hinge that in a positive or negative way. And just just take the time to get your head right in the morning and you know, whether, you know, and you can choose whatever you want to say to yourself. You know, I, I'm pretty upbeat and cheesy, so it works for me, but just anything that like meditation is something I do every morning and just taking time to be mindful meditation, music, coffee, and journaling are like my, my elements in the morning. And without that, I don't know what I would be spinning out. So. Well, and, and that's the key is finding the right, routine for you that's going to mm -hmm. kick your day off right. I know when I get my butt out of bed after only one snooze and go to yeah. the gym, the rest of my day is going to be a lot more productive. 
because mm -hmm. I, I got going and I had that early. And so it's whatever it is for you that gets the day going. And then you feel good about yourself and it becomes a self-fulfilling prophecy. Yeah, I think anything you can do just to shift your mindset and create positive momentum in the morning. Because especially, like I had to start you know, limiting my social media. I don't, when I get up in the morning, I don't immediately look, look at my phone or the computer. I get up and I might turn on YouTube and watch some like motivational videos or like, you know, music or things like that. But just, especially when things are chaotic in the world, which they have been in 2020 a bit, when you get up and immediately look for that, you're going to find it. And I think that a lot of life, you find what you're looking for. And so I've, I've really tried to shift my perspective and look for the good. So. And that's such an important perspective because it is, it's called confirmation bias. We see what we look for and mm -hmm. we look for proof that what we think is true is true. And so we see it. And so yeah. if you're looking for evidence of why life is crummy, you're going to see all of it. Um, and and your life will be crumb. It, yeah, self-fulfilling prophecy type yeah. thing. Yeah. yeah, it just takes you right down with it. So if you had one piece of advice for somebody who's on the edge of wanting to make a big change, they've failed, whether it's weight loss or going back to school or changing jobs or whatever, and they've failed a bunch of times at it and they're feeling hopeless and they're feeling negative, what's one piece of advice you'd give them to get started on a positive change and making their lives happier? I would say first, just think of, think of something you can do today to move toward that, just a small thing. And if you start to incorporate small steps each day toward that goal, then it becomes less cumbersome and overwhelming. And also just be consistent. Don't, don't give in give it like for me with the podcast, for example, that I just started, I've committed to 18 months. I'm not going to give, you know, I'm giving myself that much time and, you know, I hope to do it longer than that. But I think give yourself a window and be consistent for that amount of time just to make sh sure that you don't give up before you have your breakthrough. That's great. And, and I think that commitment is really important is saying, I'm going to do this for this amount of time. And also focusing on what can I, like you said, what little step, what can I do today? I don't mm -hmm. have to think about the next 18 months. All I have to think about is today. And, a lot, and sometimes it's even just what can I do in this moment? And um, one thing, my, my husband's been great, like helping me through all this stuff too. He actually lost, um, well, I think he lost about 80 or 90 pounds in the same time I did. So he, he should be on here too, actually. Right. No, but he's, um, he's been really great helping me through all this. And one thing he always reminds me is when you go to take an action, think to yourself, is this action moving me closer to the person I want to be or further away? And that's mm -hmm. something that keeping that in mind as I went about my choices and see another thing I did, I, I completely quit drinking, which I had had a, a really bad, you know, problem with. And I, you know, I don't have problems with anybody else drinking or anything like that, but I just think if start to examine what in your life is causing disruptions and that, ha, examining my habits was big for me. Um, mm -hmm. And that was really life changing. And I love the way he words that does this, take me closer or farther away to who I want to be. It's mm. not my goal because oftentimes I'll be like, ah, eh, the goal can wait. You know, I'll eat the candy. It's mm. who I want to be. And that's a much deeper why mm. of I want to be proud of myself. I want to achieve this. I want to be the kind of strong person who makes stuff happen. And so I love that wording that he uses. 
one thing, and I think this was on the book Atomic Habits um, that I read this, but I'm, I'm fairly certain. He said that when you're making a change, something, and the example he used was weight loss, which is perfect for me at the time. He said, start identifying as the person you want to become. Start saying like, what would a healthy person eat right now? Well, that's what, what I'm going to eat because I'm a healthy person now. And that was huge for me too, because a lot of times where we still identify, like if you're, if, if you smoke cigarettes and you want to quit and you're constantly thinking, oh, I'm a smoker and I'm not smoking right now, instead of I don't smoke anymore, then th that causes like resistance, I think, when you, you know. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yep. It's, it's I already starting to identify with that person that you want to be and mm -hmm. want to become. Yeah. I love it. I love it. And I'll put those books in the show notes as well. It was Atomic Habits, which I've read. And mm -hmm. you said the obstacle is the way. Yeah. I have to look that one up. I love it. So if people want to get in touch with you, uh, wh what are you doing now work-wise, by the way? Um, well, right now I'm, I'm not working right now. I'm learning and going to you know, switch careers. So I'm ma mainly focusing on school and the podcast and Great. writing. Um, I have my website. It's heightenedlife.org. And you can find the podcast there and um, all the social media for the podcast and all that. So. All right, perfect. Heightenedlife.org. I'll put that in the show notes as well. Amanda, thank you so much for all your input and your wisdom and congratulations on making such positive changes for yourself. Thank you so much for having me. It's been so much fun.